0: Hello, welcome to this week's IGN UK podcast Chris Tilly is here, Alex Simmons is here, Daniel Kruger is here Stuart Reid is here, that's me, I'm talking about myself What's everybody been up to this week? Oh, blimey Ooh, That's oh. going back, isn't it? Exciting times This week, wha- It
1: was a bank holiday, wasn't it? Short week this week then, that's good <laughs> I didn't do anything good. of interest to our listeners But what about interest to <laughs> I've us never to? Stopped you before. Yeah. Oh, I was at <laughs> Crystal Palace Liverpool, oh. one of the greatest games of all time Is that right? Yeah do you 3 were down that? with ten minutes ago. We snatched the title away from Liverpool by scoring scoring three goals the in the last ten minutes. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Weird because I wanted Liverpool to win the title and yeah. Man City, but it was a very exciting game. But we're not here to talk about football. No, if you want that, go to the Football Ramble podcast. Exactly. Yeah, Friends I expect a show. Woof.
2: Is that a thing? That's what they do. No nah.
3: Okay. Anyway, Alex, what have you been up to? Uh, well, well just
4: <laughs>
0: Wow.
3: It's going to be one of those podcasts, is it? Shall I just leave now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alex, has got to be out of here in 40 minutes? Uh, Me too. Uh,
3: 14 minutes, actually. Oh, because yeah. after that.
0: <laughs> I just can't be doing it.
3: Uh, I've played some Project Morpheus, as of you. Yes, we have. So Project Morpheus is the VR headset for PlayStation. And uh, obviously it was revealed at GDC um, a couple of months ago. And then we got the chance to play it. So we played Eve Valkyrie. Yes, we did. So a space shooter.
2: Eve
0: Valkyrie.
3: Valkyrie. Eve Valkyrie. Oh, Eve Valkyrie, right. Yep.
2: Valkyrie. Uh, I thought it was some sort of northern game. Eve, Valkyrie. It is made in Newcastle, by the way. Is it? Yeah, Eve. There you go.
0: I, I was trying to do a northern accent, but don't have to. <laughs> it's also very difficult to, it's difficult to say Eve with a Newcastle accent, isn't it? Eve. 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 I don't Eve. Eve. that's how. Anyway. I don't know. Project. Started off racist.
3: Quite uh, an interesting concept. It's basically a flight sim. This is EVE specifically. Uh, It's flight sim, so obviously you're able to track your enemies by moving your head anyway. So Mm. uh, it's been a long time since I've played a flight game. And it's really, really good. So you Um, still
2: play with a traditional controller, don't you? Yeah, you
3: you play it exactly as as you would. But, you know, when a... airplane or spaceship or whatever it is flies past you you turn your head and you follow it so oh, a virtual okay. reality headset makes a
2: lot of sense when it comes to games game. in cockpits or driving games where you're kind mm. of sat down using the controller like you would a joystick or a flight stick or a, a different steering wheel from
3: driving game I would say because driving games you tend to want to watch the road ahead oh that's where I've
2: been going wrong. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, Although they were that's saying okay, that's the interesting like... point with um, a driving game, implementation of a driving game. They realise at some points they want to take you out of the car because you don't want to be in the car when it crashes and starts flipping over because it yeah. can be quite dramatic. Yeah. Brilliant. So it'll switch to a third person
3: like action cam at that moment. Mm. Uh, we also played a demo, which I think was called Castle. Uh, and that So that was uh, integrated with the move so the two move sticks were basically your hands so if you look down at them you could see all your hands and if you press, press the triggers, triggers the, it yeah. it was you really could cool. reach down and pick up a sword by gripping it and then you could swing the swords around and then you'd have a dummy to fight and then fire off crossways but, but it was stuff.
2: really good like the one to one was great like yeah. I was wielding
3: swords like a badass but they I was, actually a found a use for the move yeah. well yeah I think they were like bingo well I think that's I think Project Morpheus was developed just to get rid of the stockpile of moves that <laughs> we need something so. guys <laughs> We're all in here
2: um, and they're using this phrase virtual reality environment which
3: move is a part of this environment
2: mm. right
3: but probably the best one was uh, a demo called the deep which is you have the least to do in it yeah you don't do a lot in it yeah. um, and we did talk about that in a previous podcast where virtual reality stuff is more about experiences mm. rather than like full-on games at this moment who knows further down the line but anyway you're a diver you're in a dive cage and you go down deep underwater and, and then a the shark attacks but it's like because it's happening literally right in front of your eyes. When it comes towards you, you do physically step back. And it's, you know... It's and it's like circling you in emotion. this
2: cage. So it's a really good, like, gaming an experience to get you used to using a virtual reality headset because yeah. this shark is circling you. So you're, like, looking over your shoulder and, like, using... The head movement, the, the which is like a new gesture yeah. to learn in virtual reality. So it's basically teaching you how to use head movements yeah. to your advantage. And you're following it around the cage. And it's really eerie when it starts coming at you. Yeah. It's what I think virtual reality does very well. And they said this when we were there at the Day of the Developers. is like they realize that it does sense of scale better than mm. any other medium. Yeah. Like it might not ultimately be the best thing for um, shooting games or action games or platforming games. But if you need to convey sense of scale to people, like something that's towering above you, like a dragon, or, or the you're Slender going, Man. Or, or you're going or deep Peter underwater, yeah. or Peter Same Crouch, there. or you're going deep underwater, or if you did a really cool game where you change change size, if you did like a Honey I Shunk, the Kids game, yeah. Imagine <sighs> that. <don't know.
0: gasps> that's piqued your interest, isn't it? Yeah, they should, they should reboot that movie. Anyway, so anyway,
3: <laughs> it's. I think it's really, really interesting. Don't to bleak. you look. Uh, we've got a video of me playing the deep. Uh, He's on the smiling, but little smiling. Unfortunately, <laughs> you do look an absolute idiot with the headset. There's like no getting one. away from that. Apparently, right the, 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 the guy that was demoing it, because obviously I couldn't see what was going on. Apparently, I was staring right in his face. You were <laughs> right time, next to him. Because <laughs> I didn't know he was there. He's mm. very aggressive,
0: Alex. <laughs> so, we had uh, um, Oculus Rift in the office a few weeks back. Yeah. Is it a, a very similar kind of thing? Conceptually,
3: yes. Uh, But this is, obviously, Morpheus is uh, HD, whereas Mm. the Oculus we saw isn't, although there is obviously the version 2 of Oculus Um, 3. This is very much kind
2: of part of the whole PlayStation ecosystem, so Mm. easy to use, you know, it's going to be really integrated. And I thought it was comfortable. Obviously, both are prototypes at the moment, but... The guy was telling me that the Japanese, basically, it's like developing a piece of universal clothing. which is actually really difficult to do because different cultures like, have different attitudes towards wearing things on your face and head. So the Japanese don't like pressure on their cheekbones, for instance. Mm. Where Oculus, all the weight and processing power is in the headset, so it weighs down on your face. Mm-hmm. So it's real stipulation from the Japanese market that the Morpheus distributed the weight like a hat. So yeah. it has this kind of halo that goes around your head. Much more comfortable. Hmm. Like you put it on, you kind of forget that you're wearing it. Apart from you've got a massive blue flashing headset on your head, which you don't forget about.
3: And the other cool thing about it is, obviously, Daniel and I both glasses wearers. You can wear it with glasses. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of adjust it and it comes out and then you put it in, in nearer. And it, it feels really... Obviously, it was only five-minute sessions, but it feels comfortable.
0: Because my mm-hmm. eyesight's so junky, I can't see a thing with that. So that's that why it's on. bad yeah. going to yeah. cinema for 3D. Yeah, brilliant so this is why when, when Oculus Rift came in you had to take your glasses off I couldn't actually see very clearly it yeah. was all a bit blurry Sorry. to be fair it was blurry anyway oh, was it? it was like standard okay.
3: definition I felt like polishing my eyes but you know, it didn't make a difference <laughs> so, so uh,
0: is this is this the, the thing that's finally going to bring VR into the home I don't know the, you know
2: the guys had loads of interesting stuff to say, like there's been so, several false fallstones before with VR. Mm. But what's interesting now is a lot of the technology required to launch VR successfully has been done in adjacent fields, like mobile phones have really pioneered really high-res small displays. Mm. So you need that for a VR headset. It's fine. All the money in R&D have been has been done in another industry. Yeah. So it's almost like VR headsets now are drawing on the collective research of all these other things. So it could be. But it's still
3: going to be it's still going to be the price of a console, I reckon. I think that's yeah, that's going mm. to be the drawback is the actual price tag,
0: which we don't know right now. But
3: they're doing interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, and what's do we have an idea when it's going to come to market? I think they'll talk more about that E three. Cool, something to look forward to then. Yep. So that's what we've been up to this week. What's the rest of the universe been up to this week?
3: New. So, uh, after much speculation, Call of Duty Advanced... Uh, what was it? Advanced Wars? It's not called that, is Ava- it? Advanced, Advanced Wars. of course. A- Advanced Wars. Yeah. I wish it was Advanced Wars, anyway. Uh, has finally been revealed. And it's uh, the new Call of Duty developed by Sledgehammer Games. And it takes a, the well-known franchise into the near future. So, obviously... Um, it's about 50 years hence. Or 30, yeah, 40 years hence. Yeah. So, if you look at kind of what it is, obviously... The game itself is going to be Call of Duty, through and through. But the tech in there is much more advanced, so you get things like exoskeletons. Mm. Uh, so not like massive mech suits, but stuff that enhances... It, you, you become the ultimate kind of soldier, I guess. So you can do like enormous jumps and punch yeah. through walls and shit like that, which is pretty cool. Uh, other stuff that's exciting is you can uh, cloak-in devices, but they're kind of fairly de these days in most shooters. Mm. Um, drones, bots... Uh, little kind of sucker things on your hands that allow you to climb walls like Spider like so it made for an amazing trailer mm. i still want to see what the game is going to be like because G- uh, it's not, not gta call of duty is renowned for making great trailers but when it actually comes to playing the games themselves it's a lot of new
2: stuff and you introduce all that is, new yeah. stuff into a multiplayer or a single player it like, could change the game quite significantly in a lot of ways yeah like vehicles in multiplayer but that is, Call of Duty
3: because the thing is like, yeah, like, um, Black what? Ops introduce a lot of new stuff with like branching storylines and um, you know the kind of weird uh, tactical levels um, but that to me took it too far away from the core Call of Duty experience so it's a fine balance of trying mm. to introduce something new but keep making it feel like a Call and of Duty and it's game. got Kevin Spacey it does have Kevin Spacey in it he looks well
0: considering it's set 50 years in the future he doesn't look a day older
1: no he looked about that age for about ten
0: years. Now, he has, though, hasn't he?
1: Yeah. yeah. But you know,
3: it looks a good performance in the game. Obviously, it raises it above the kind
0: of standard. Still very much there. like his
3: House of Cards
2: performance.
0: Does. Right. Still got those cold, dead eyes. But with Kevin Spacey, it's what you'd expect, isn't it? Really? <laughs> Just like the deep. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like a doll's eyes. Yeah. Are you excited for Advanced Warfare?
0: The game, not the actual. Not you know. The, we the future the never. Yeah. yeah, all
2: right for you lot. I'll, I'm going to be there in the trenches. That's
0: true, uh, we're too old. No, I've I'm got going to be feet. right alongside of you got in a
2: big feet, mech sorry. suit,
3: <laughs> punching the shit out of people.
2: i uh, will be a conscientious
0: objector, of course. Uh, Chris is going to be an unconscious objector. He's going to sleep through it. <laughs> war, what, war? war.
2: Uh, probably more excited than other years, because, because one, new engines, it'll look much nicer than previous games, because I feel like a lot of those games started to look yep. just very similar in superficial ways and i think all the tech stuff like it will change the game yeah for better or for
3: worse but surely because so there will be a hover bike level i've no doubt but that would just be like a level where you're on a in a jeep yeah yeah but rather than or a speeder level in star wars exactly
0: yeah i don't know is call of duty is it is call of duty done do you think are they are they kind of grasping at straws now i know it's still ridiculously popular franchise but has it has it Plateaued. it's probably, It might have peaked,
2: like sales figures indicated that it has reached some kind of apex, and yeah. it's of which it's dipping off, but it will hover around that for some time because the fan base is so big. But something else will come along, yeah. and the moment it starts make you know, losing money or not making as much money as something else does for Activision, you know, resources would be reallocated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you're a, you, you never play multiplayer with Call of Duty. do You, you only Not ever really. play a single player campaign. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Mm. Same here. What about you, Dan? i um, single player. Blast through it. Yeah. But that's but, obviously
3: that trailer is all. Oh, it hints at some of the multiplayer stuff. So they had like some portable cover, which looks like this kind of thing that you just throw in the ground, pull it across. It's a bit like co- it's bit corrugated iron. And suddenly it becomes like rigid, and you can hide behind okay. it. Okay. So it looks like a roll tent or something. You yeah, oh, really game you pull, you pull it out.
2: You pull it out. It gets
0: rigid, and you hide behind it. It happens quite often to me Not as often anymore What game was it that had like a force field kind of thing Where you threw it and it did that yeah, Every game ever I was going to say loads of games Yeah Halo I think yeah, Halo. I to It must that, have yeah. been Halo probably Speedball <laughs> Did it? <laughs> I don't think no. it did No sorry I was wrong <laughs> Speedball 2 you're thinking of Yeah <laughs> It wasn't yeah. in Speedball 2 either But anyway uh, Hey do you remember the uh, NES? The Nintendo yes. Entertainment System That's I right yes Did you? Mm-hmm. Does it still work Chris? I don't know have you still got any cartridges? Probably. 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 Well, well, here's good, good for you. Good news. <laughs> oh. if, if it doesn't work anymore, Chris, you yep. can buy a new one. There's a company called Analog Interactive, and they're bringing a brand new uh, Nintendo Entertainment System to market. And I've got a few pictures of it here. Why? It's it's, it's made. Don't ask me why. That. I, I don't know. It's made from a solid piece of aluminium, machined aluminium. Okay. And it uses the original microchips that were found in the original NES. So the, it doesn't uh, just play NES games, does it? It plays. SNES NES games. Famicons. Well. Yeah, Famicom, Famicom games FAMICOM SNES, as well. SNES, SNES, Plus, you can SNES. get an HDMI output for it, so you can plug it into your modern telly. Okay. But it gets a, a unique, like unique signal from the box, doesn't it? Steve? a well, unique? Does it? Yeah, but surely like it, gets a,
2: it gets a signal from it that you can even get. All the original Nintendo Entertainment System.
3: Yeah. So let's just put this into context. So this is a console based on uh, technology that's what 15, 20 years old. Yeah. So surely it's what 20 quid?
2: No, well, it's really it's expensive. It's it's like it's what this thing four, is four hundred dollars or something it's
0: ridiculous. Like RGB some so it's, That's it's There's a certain yeah. thing that I don't know enough about technical. Is it there, Steve? It is there. Yeah, yeah. It's RGB, but I think the original Nintendo's could be hacked to output RGB as well. I don't with, the, with the soldering iron? Not without no, spending a lot of money on equipment. I, to be apparently. honest, it's
3: like GameCube was the first Nintendo console that started to do it properly. Mm. I'm not sure about NES and... You know, that's really old. You see, you're you
2: being a bit flippant about this, Stuart. I am but do you not find a bit this? of an affinity with this? No, so you're, well, you're a vinyl no. fan. Yeah. So would you not invest in a decent setup to play old records? So why are you being no? But also, the, sp- it's, not, it's
0: also the... investing in a setup to play new records because v- vinyl is still being pressed. Yeah, but okay. Spurt and somebody like Beck, for instance, the, the album he brought out recently. So you, more, hang on, the, the, the Beck album, Morning Phase, which yeah. was brought out recently, they actually mastered it differently for vinyl so, to sound better on okay. vinyl. So These cartridges are... aren't mastered to be better in this in the yeah, turner, but, turner you, system, but but, but look you look only but you do well, play old records on your vinyl setup. But wouldn't it look better if you just had an emulator?
2: Not necessarily, because purists would say you have to experience it in its original form and want to play the original version of it.
0: Well, I, maybe I, I've, I've, it just doesn't really appeal to me. No, I'm, not saying, it, f- I'm not saying that, def- that sure, directly, I mean, like but the things. principle behind it, I uh, thought it would. No, because not, I do like certain old things, but not all old things. There was a blow, I went to this fair at the weekend, this May Fair in Malthamstow, and there was a hipster there, absolute tosser. And I swear to God, he took out a snuff box and was doing snuff. Yeah, unless, I mean that's does that. <laughs> an utterly preposterous thing to do. And I kind of think, you know, it, it's I like vinyl because it's got a warmth that but people, digital sound doesn't have. But this, well, this, exactly. this is people gonna, like you know, playing
2: original NES games because they've got scan lines and have a warmth that a digital emulation or a re-release won't have.
0: That's okay, then. They can go ahead and have it. If they want to spend 400 cool, well, I'm just saying there's an equivalence there
2: between what you're saying and what they'll be trying to achieve. I don't know,
0: because you can emulate scan lines <laughs> as well. God's sake. But that's what that does. So it's, it's not actually doing it properly. It's emulating it. No, it's... But what that's, it's like, doing that's ret- like getting a record player that, that adds clicks and pops. I
2: don't know. I feel like I'm having an argument with someone who hasn't actually read the story, though.
0: I have read the story. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was have about. read the story. It's about somebody bringing oh. out a Nintendo Entertainment System 15 years after the fact. okay. But Isn't it's there? doing
3: something that the original one didn't. Outputting to HDMI? Yes. Right. But, but no. giving you a pure RGB signal, which you, you wouldn't be able to do.
0: Okay.
1: Good. Is there any suggestion <laughs> that new games might be made? I think no. There's a, the, no.
0: Well, I think there's, a, kind of, there, there's a, a, like a homebrew community for a lot of these old consoles, aren't there? The, um, but it's not going to work on this, because this runs carts. Yeah, but some carts are still manufactured. You know the Vectrex, Right. that amazing thing with the built-in yeah, monitor yeah, that yeah, was released yeah, years and yeah. years ago. There is a homebrew system out there. There's people that make these games and they produce like 20 carts, which you can go on eBay and purchase and stuff like that. So maybe, wow. maybe there are people out there doing the same thing for this. I just don't know. So there you go. If you've
3: got, but it is the same price as a PS4, PS4. or yeah.
0: Xbox One. sorry. Yeah. But sure it's nice or. looking. I mean, it is, you know, hewn from a solid piece of aluminium, which is nice. And you can play Duck Hunt on it. Duck Hunt! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's going to become our beyond, I think. <laughs> Maybe it? we should open every podcast with Duck Hunt. <laughs> Let's
4: not.
2: Let's not do <laughs> Next that. Piece of news.
0: Let's never do that. So.
2: You're building up a story. We've gone out of order. Um, So uh, Nintendo reported their financials, like a lot of video game companies did this week because it's the end of the quarter. Um, It said that the lifetime sales of the Wii U sit at 6.17 million, which is under its estimate, quite a lot under its estimate of 9 million. Um, So just 2.7 million Wii U consoles were sold in the last year. This has resulted in an operating loss of $457 million and a net loss of $22.8 million. That's mm. a lot of money. Mm. It is a lot of money to be losing. Yeah. It's a lot less than other companies lose and operate still at. Who? Um, Sony used to operate
3: a huge loss year on year. Mm. Yeah, that's like, a big loss. It is a big loss. That's, the thing is, Sony are still operating at loss, aren't they? Yeah. No PlayStation they making a yeah. profit, but
1: all the other stuff... Not so. Did they release any kind of statement or anything with the, with those figures coming out? Yeah, um,
3: they just said bollocks.
2: <laughs> Dole! <laughs> yeah. It says that it hopes to return to the black with an operating profit of 394 million next year, and it's got more moderate um, predictions for the coming year 3.6 million Wii U consoles every year, it keeps, more console moderate predictions. Every
3: year it keeps on downsizing its target for Wii U well
2: fair enough to them they've not come out and been hubristic and gone we'll still do it I know <laughs> no. that and they have they have taken steps they've already had that conference call where they've said their new strategy and they've started to implement that already happening with more licensing agreements mobile they, apps I think but how fast can you get stuff up and running in production like toys and all this sort of no. stuff I know I get that but uh, animated series will take X amount
3: of months to make but they yeah. should have been thinking about this two years ago yeah rather than thinking
0: pinning everything on the Wii U well you know the, the big thing is it, it right. does that sound the death knell for the Wii U are we looking at a console that whose days it are now numbered well we've been
3: saying that for a long time yeah but you know arguably it's getting its best games this year with Mario Kart Smash Brothers and,
0: there'll oh, be it, and Zelda
3: will be announced it
0: but it's still sort of third less than the GameCube right I, I've which was considered a, a flop
3: Yeah, but um, I'm trying to think what launched on GameCube. uh, Launched with Mario Sunshine, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zelda was pretty close behind. So I just, for a console, for a Nintendo console to launch with a Mario game. um, And I know the Wii U has had um, Mario games, but not quite a Mario Galaxy equivalent, I don't think. Well, until the end of last year. Yeah. Mario World. Mm. 3D World. I still don't. In terms of the critical
2: acclaim, I think it garnered. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's just, not. I still don't see it as a Mario Galaxy, personally.
2: It's, yeah, you're right. It's probably derivative of an experience that was already around, out there, so it didn't seem as shiny yeah, or as it's, it's appealing. It's like Mario upon. Galaxy,
3: and same with Mario uh, 64, showcase that console. Yeah. Whereas I think um, 3D World is just a good Mario game.
2: I think they're, uh, they're putting out a lot of offers. That For instance, if you pre-order and you buy Mario Kart 8, you get another great Wii U game for free. Right. Of your choice from like a choice of eight or something So I think they're making it as appealing as they can Without like cutting their noses off Yeah Because like. yeah. yeah.
0: um, I guess the one thing they don't really want to do Is to drop the price dramatically Because then that's going to make people think This is yeah this is. Well I think
3: knackered. they've got to get their big games out first So Smash Brothers, then Mario Kart And if it still doesn't sell Then they need to figure out what to do
0: Do you think they might actually bring out A, a version of the console without that huge controller? No because it that would, that, I well, guess, that's, that would hamstring we so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. with HD graphics. Yeah, but still,
3: everything's got HD graphics these yeah. days. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do.
0: What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, they'll
2: they'll do what they always do. They'll continue to innovate and create, and then next time they might hit the mark. You know, a couple of failures don't make a bad company. I think they probably need a new CEO. I think they need. You know, it was when everything seemed okay. Mm. So uh, Walter's kind of appearances in directs with a banana, a bunch of bananas, and a leather jacket seems quite charming and amusing. But then you're actually like, why is he? You know, you need maybe someone who doesn't care about being in front of camera and is a hard bastard like Yamauchi was, really running the company and being a bit more ruthless in the boardroom rather than parading in Nintendo directs doing like little Um, sketches.
3: Well, that's you know, I still think that should be Miyamoto's job personally. Yeah, he's the kind of the. The fun thing, which well,
2: the creative like genius or as yeah. it were at uh, Nintendo, but you need you know, in the great old days, so you like
3: Steve Jobs when he was alive walking onto an Apple keynote and being a little bit kind of like a watter wearing a big, I don't know, apple on his head or something.
2: <laughs> no, we've never, <laughs> that
3: would have been good, but uh,
2: take a bite out of this, um, but. Well, you know, Nintendo used to have teams that compete against each other to create new products. And it mm. feels like they still do that on the games front, yeah. but not so much on the hardware front. Mm. But it feels like really advanced technology, even if it is a bit pricey, people still want to buy it now. Whereas Nintendo's trick of old was to release something that was a bit more basic yeah. and then get it out to everyone at an affordable price. But it feels like more people now would just want to buy the £700 iPhone. Yeah. They don't want the cheaper version, whereas the Game Boy succeeded even though its competitors brought it out ones with colour screens mm. because it was affordable and it was mass market.
3: But also had the franchises that you wanted to play. Yeah. So, And that's the other thing. I know that they're not talking about having their f- franchises on smartphones or other things yet, but if that happens down the line, then what is the point of owning a Nintendo, the, Nintendo console? If you mm. know, they're going right. c- yeah. to
2: come after your kids. Yeah. That's what yeah. they're going to do. But that was the, the pressure in the 90s that kids, all they did was watch Nintendo cartoons in the early 90s. They read Nintendo Power because mm. it was given away free initially. They became obsessed with Nintendo. So when it came to like buy a games console, which one do you want? The Mario console. Mm. Like kid pressure.
3: Yeah. Now everyone was like Crash Bandicoot. Console. Everyone's playing
2: Minecraft now. They don't care about it.
0: That's true. Yeah. Oh, they, they're platform agnostic? Yeah.
1: I don't think kids in the 90s only watched Nintendo, cartoons. not only, but in the early 90s, there was
2: this craze oh. in um, America, particularly in the early 90s. Like in the early 90s, Nintendo products counted for uh, 22% of everything Toys R Us sold, which is mental.
1: Mm-hmm. I, w- I was just going to do a fun link. Oh, sorry. I think kids also <laughs> was a counterpoint. watched The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, <laughs> which launched in 1993. I had a couple of films out as well. I've
3: mm-hmm. never seen an
1: episode of Power Rangers.
3: I don't think I have either
2: Okay, oh. so we're,
1: we're, a little, we're a little bit older though, aren't yeah. we? I used yeah. to
2: watch it every Sunday morning oh. af- After um, Lost in Space With my dad While I had um, celery soup
3: Celery soup? Oh. I used to have celery soup so on Sundays every Sunday. I
2: used to come back from church Fond memories of the Mighty Morphin Power terrible Rangers Terrible childhood
1: Especially the Pink Ranger <laughs>
3: Celery soup, I've never heard of celery, celery soup Celery soup's
1: brilliant <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's really good Did you have a favourite Power Ranger? Oh uh, yes um, Is it Lala?
2: I quite like the Red Power Ranger. Yeah. But then also like the Green Power Ranger. Have
1: they not got names?
2: I can't remember them.
1: Would you like the Power Rangers young. to come back? <laughs> and rescue? Um, yeah. Cause we are getting a reboot, people. Uh Lionsgate have just done a deal with Saban, the owners of uh Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, to re envision them for a new uh series of films to launch a franchise, effectively. Um the Lionsgate Chief said the Power Rangers stories and characters have been embraced by generations of audience for more than 20 years, and today they are more powerful than ever. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true, <laughs> but okay. But yeah, so what are your thoughts? I think we they passed us by. Yeah. Um,
0: it's still running on TV, isn't it? There's still, it's, new, it's episodes still all being new stuff, stuff. Um, it's in Japan and stuff. new episodes. I think yeah, yeah new still, there's still I new, new, right. new like spin offs and all that sort okay. of stuff. Yeah. I think Saturday and um, Sunday mornings after Milkshake on Channel 5 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So you had celery soup, you have Milkshake. Um.
2: I even convinced my dad when I was a kid to take me to see the film which which was awful we both came was out it? and going that was terrible yeah, yeah. even I thought it was terrible um, I can't remember all that much about it but when you're little it was super cool like yeah. it was basically that story oh god I'm gonna- when it, it's about high school kids who can transform into superheroes essentially and they have all these cool gadgets and when I was little actually I wrote a letter to our local police department <laughs> saying if you provide me with a re- Necessary resources and equipment. I will protect Blackburn as a Power Ranger. You actually and did. I actually wrote and that. They like, did. Like, oh and they you didn't. did I said. Uh, basically, in my naivety, like seven years old. All I require is a mini motorcycle <laughs> 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 and and a few um, fellow Power Rangers, and I'll do a bang up job. So, well,
0: I'd love to see. Did you get replied? I would
3: have been killed.
0: you get replied. No, they they didn't even nah. reply. Nah. Miserable bastards. I know.
1: Well, I was at a film do last night talking to some journalists and, and PRs and we were having a conversation about this that we actually did in the States in our LA office. So I think a lot of people are having this conversation. Could this be the next Transformers? Because I'm guessing that's what they're hoping.
2: Yeah, so they do have these um, robots that they can enter into and control and then they all combine into like a big mech, which was always the final third sure. of every huh. episode.
1: Um, but there's a, there's kind of a retro thing there, isn't there? There's a nostalgia for it for people a bit younger than us, mm. but people who are having kids now and who will take their kids along and mm. it could be a massive money spinner for them if, if they get it right.
2: And they're also using as touch points Hunger Games, Twilight franchise and something else.
1: Yeah, uh, Divergent. So pitching it at a
2: teen audience. Because yeah. mm. so it's, it's going be like, to stories and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Five, pa- yeah, because it's usually five Power Rangers, sometimes yeah. more, and there's a mixture of boys and girls. Mm. So seems prime for that sort of thing.
1: Mm. Have we got any Power Rangers fans out there? Uh, do you mean Out, out <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. We can ask them Yeah let's yes. ask them Go on then What do you think about Power Rangers movie
3: And what do you want From a reboot Because yeah. I thought Power Rangers is all about Just punching people In the face I think everything About everything <laughs> in life To be honest <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, let us know. Uh,
0: ID, uh, IGN
3: <laughs> underscore UK feedback <laughs> at IGN.com. From the best podcast
0: of the West. Yeah, somebody actually <laughs> wrote in saying last week's was the best podcast ever.
1: <laughs> no, in two years. They've
0: been listening to it for two years, and it was the funniest one they'd listened to. In two years. Yeah. All right. It's nice to see we've got it back on the normal level this week. Yes. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't speak today. So then, let's talk about reboots. Uh, yeah. Do you think they're... they're necessary in this day and age. Does it show a dearth of ideas? I mean, you know, what do you think? Are you a fan of reboots in general? Well, just going on the site today, looking at the news
1: that was put up overnight. Uh, Power Rangers reboot. Private Benjamin reboot. No. Oh, oh, that's the one I've been wanting. What about Overboard? <laughs> and a Flintstones reboot. Oh, Christ. Yeah, Will Ferrell, Adam McKay doing an animated Flintstones. Animated? That could, that, animated? Yeah, that could oh, work. Okay. Okay. That could work. Uh, but it just seems like a day doesn't go by when there's not a reboot. Especially a word that didn't exist ten years ago, especially as well. in Hollywood. Mm. Like yeah. you don't see it quite so much
3: in video games. Sure, but yeah, just it just seems like it's like well, there is some love for that um, yep. name or franchise. Is Let's it do it. again Safe
1: bet. Yeah. Is
3: it a new thing though? Like aren't
2: ideas always recycled? Like as Paul Simon said, like great songs aren't re- written; they're rewritten. Like yeah. Shakespeare hardly had an original idea in his mm, career. It's, it's the way it. they executed it. Just his be, treatment of to, those
1: classic tales. It seems to be more literal now, though. Yeah, because I, I think. You know back in the 80s when we were growing up watching movies we, I guess it was the same stories being told But people were trying out different things Every week there'd be a different film It wasn't a sequel So it's the week. execution that's less Police, has less innovation Police Academy would come out with a film every year But there weren't that many <laughs> they got really you, know, you got Indiana Jones way. every three years or whatever for, for, yeah. a, for a time But it, it wasn't a constant every what, summer What is the most sequeled film
2: Oh, um, Friday the oh, Thirteenth. Like do you mean do you mean a mm. continuous like canonical?
1: Because yeah, like, like
0: the like, most like, the like, most, like, the well, most portrayed character anything anything?
1: is Sherlock Holmes on film. Yeah. yeah carry yeah, carry Bond, on, maybe. Carry Sherlock, on, I think, is the yeah right longest running. But it's not
3: like Police Academy where it literally went up to Police Academy Seven, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was the last one they did. Uh, did they
1: go higher I than then? Straight to there might have be been a straight to video one, but Mission to Moscow, I think, was the last. Right. The last
0: Seven. Then you've got all the American Pie Spin offs as well. Ending up with the ones that didn't star any of the people. Yeah. Apart from, what's he called, Eugene thingy.
1: Band Levy.
0: Eugene Levy. Yeah, bless him. Just desperately trying to pay his mortgage by being in another one of those films. It's it's a bit depressing.
2: It's a direct reboot, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an argument to be made that... The worst is when the film's good and then three years later there's a reboot. Yeah. So that is driven by... There's still... Financial interest in that character, yeah. that setup. So let's just do another one, regardless of how good that was. Instead that, of going on new, I uh, Batman, I guess, well, it's so. Spider-Man as well. Spider-Man's yeah, classic yeah, yeah, example.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four. I wasn't a huge fan, but people there's a lot, lot of love for that
2: film. Yeah, I liked. It, it, I, liked, you, yeah. I liked, yeah, yeah, I liked both of them. Um, but there's more arguments to be made that maybe you should reboot things that didn't do so well first time round.
0: Difficult, isn't it? Because then they, they are slightly tainted, I suppose. But I mean, look at the Incredible Hulk two. A a movie and then kind of a semi reboot, would you say, with the second film?
2: Yeah, it is treated like that. I think there's no links and stuff.
0: And neither of those really caught fire, did they? I'm trying to think. I mean, look at Transformers as well. We've got the fourth film. Now, but is that? Would you treat that as a reboot? Because it's it doesn't have so, no. But it's, it can't be in a it's, sense. It's because a relaunch it's for,
2: in the
1: same universe, isn't it, it? A, yeah. or
2: a soft reboot. As sometimes they call it. It's like still part of the continuity, but it's like oh, we need to reset this. So it's kind of Which they we don't did. we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because yeah. we don't want to set up all this stuff again. But yeah.
1: Well, we'll see in the summer Transformers, but I wish they'd, by d- in doing that, they brought in a new director. Yeah. Because the trailers, it looks exactly the same, doesn't it? But yeah. with Mark Wahlberg rather than Shia LaBeouf running I, around.
2: Actually, they've been writing a f- piece on the history of the Godzilla films, and they've done it several times. That's, like, up to 30-odd films now, or something yeah. ridiculous, um, or late 20s. And they've had different, se- like, sequences, where there's had a Versus sequence and the original sequence, now the Millennium sequence. Mm. So they kind of reboot it all the time.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, if they're a force for good, what would you like to see rebooted? What, what positives would we like to see happen in this mm. world? Uh, I know you had some, Alex, I've didn't got you? some,
3: yeah. It's the game that I go on about all the time, but Dungeon Master is the game that got me into doing what I'm doing right now. But, uh, so I want it to be, it's really hard, because I want it to be rebooted. I want it to be, look amazing. But it will probably be a bit like Skyrim, which I don't particularly like. Right. Um, because I, the thing I loved about it then, it was something, a brand new experience. Uh, it was like a real-time uh, role-playing game, and uh, a lot of it was turn-based back then. So I don't know. I don't know if it, if it would be possible to satisfy me. Would it's it be same. more like Dark Souls? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll yeah, see. much kind of darker um, environment, and you know, slowly so so inching, inching your way ahead. Like you, you got right the way, You know, I played that game for hours and hours and hours. You got right to the end, and you know, it was hard. It was a really hard game, and then suddenly you were faced with a dragon, which I guess is very much like Dark Souls. You're Just like. I've done everything you've thrown at me, and then the last challenge is like Jesus, that's impossible,
0: and I yeah, did it. But yeah.
3: the battle lasted three hours or something ridiculous mm-hmm. like that. So there's that. But then also, Advance Wars, I'd love to be rebooted. But on iOS, I think you're yeah. talking about Nintendo and its franchises. That to me is a perfect iOS game. So break it out. They've done nothing with that franchise for ages, and it's one of their better ones. I think.
0: What about movies, Chris?
1: Anything you could think of? Well, I was thinking, it was maybe it's more... I'm getting confused now. It maybe it's more a remake than a reboot. But a film that I really loved when I was a kid, and I don't understand why it wasn't a bigger hit, was The Monster Squad. Oh, yes. Um, came out a year after The Goonies. Mm. And if that had had Spielberg's backing and the film was exactly the same, I think that would have been the one that people have all this nostalgia for. Because yeah. the kids aren't quite as bratty. And the story's much more interesting. It's a bunch of kids fighting uh, Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy. Yep. So I'd love to see that or a sequel in present day like they're going to do with goonies yeah. or even or even a remake with with a with a massive budget yeah. watching all those universal monsters you know a k- bunch of kids taking them on i think that would be fun i'd like to see a really nasty um, resident evil movie a really scary one i'd like to see a
2: haunted ha- proper proper haunted house one yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what, like the
0: original haunting something like that
2: yeah well mm. just set in one location and but, I th- but again i think it's uh, is uh, mixed blessing doing something so slavish to the original um i think i was thinking about what i'd like to be remade and you think about old films and why would you remake them now why because certain practical effects are better than really old movies so i think some like old disaster movies like towering inferno mm. like set in one location yeah. could be amazing yeah. today like you look at some of the throwaway effects that michael bay used in the end reel if that Amazing effect was the premise for an entire movie.
3: That'd be pretty cool.
1: That was their thinking with the Poseidon remake. Right? No. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that oh, was in my mind. Love yeah. <laughs> the
3: original Poseidon Adventure is great. Yeah, it's, yeah, the sequel was terrible. June, it's, uh, it's an obvious
1: remake. one. Sorry. Well, uh, sorry, P- sorry, Poseidon Adventure is Will Ferrell's favorite Christmas movie. Is it? As he told me. At yes, Christmas time. that's right. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. June, it's an obvious one. Gets yeah, badly yeah. around a lot,
2: but I think popularity of um, Game of Thrones could help it a lot because it is like sci-fi Game of Thrones mm. in many ways.
0: I wish I wish Alexander Jodorowsky had done his version of Dune. There's a yeah. there's a documentary coming out about yeah, that soon, isn't uh, there? and it's called cool, Jodorowsky's. June, June yeah. Some friends
1: of mine made it, and ev- I'm, I didn't catch it, Fantastic! Four, so everyone's saying it's as good a documentary as you can see.
0: Look forward to that. I'll tell you what I was going to talk about w- w- with regards to these reboots. What seems to have happened recently, stuff like the Robocop reboot and things like that, is they've toned them down. Mm. Stuff that was a, a, a kind of more kind of adult, more gritty film back in the 80s and 90s, they seem to have toned them down to appeal to a wider audience to get more bums on seats. And we've had some feedback about that as well, Chris.
1: Yeah, I have, from Matthew Rose, who says... Uh, Being 32, I've grown up on 80s and 90s action films like Predator, Terminator, Aliens, etc. as well as cult movies such as Fight Club 7, Pulp Fiction and Robocop. I'm not one of those snobby people who are stuck in the past on wanting to accept contemporary trends like the rise of the superhero genre as I consider some of them to be highly entertaining if somewhat light and fluffy affairs. My only hang up is fewer and fewer films are being made with an 18R rating as it seems no longer financially viable for the film companies to do so. Do you think this trend signals the slow death of the 18 rated films that adults like myself grew up on?
3: You definitely do, you see that in games as well, like the whole Dead Space thing with it being survival horror and slowly eking out into being more of an action game and losing its kind of core and I think that is a shame. I wonder if that's something to
2: do, I've no research to back this up, is it something to do with changing demographics of cinema goers? Probably. That it's maybe younger kids going to cinemas and cinemas are enforcing age restrictions
0: more stringently? Do they? I don't know if they do, I don't know. I would have thought in these days, mm. with the way s- multiplexes are run, it would be easier than ever to sneak into it. Into a yeah. an
2: adult well, I remember maybe. getting t- like turned away a few times when I was a kid, um, and I never like tried it that often. Mm. Um, but I wonder if it's just to go out after a bigger audience, which yeah. is a younger
0: audience. Oh, it would cinemas. be a financial thing because I guess a lot of indie movies are still coming out with a with an 18 certificate.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. The studios I don't think are throwing the full force
1: behind. The 18 or the R rated film, yeah. because they know that it's the teenagers yeah. and the kids that are the repeat viewers. Yeah. I mean, I had quite a depressing conversation with Alex Garland uh, at Fantastic Fest last year, the year before last, uh, who he kind of wrote and kind of almost directed Dread, a film that we really loved yeah. and that got the R rating that we all wanted it to have. And it was the weekend before it opened in the States. And I said, This is going to be it. This is going to make the R rated superhero movie possible. Yeah. And he's like, No, we've seen the tracking figures and it's just not going to do well enough, and it's because we gave it the R rating. Yeah. I made the film I wanted to make, but yeah. the studio's a bit scared of it, people aren't going to see it, and so he said, we're not going to get to do a sequel. And he was really depressed about it, because, I don't know, yeah. for me, that maybe that does... I think that's interesting, is it
2: it just shows that, mo- that there's still a taste for that movie, because it's found an audience, and it's resonated, and yeah. it's gained traction, and a following elsewhere. So it's not like
0: tastes have changed, it's the kind of the... The Is the way it's, way it's being consumed? Up? The way it's consumed, because you know that that it strikes me that Dread has made has earned its following on on home ends. It did okay at the cinema, but home ends seems to be where it's got its following. Now maybe we're starting to see more films being released almost simultaneously on pay per view uh, or download at, at the same time they're going into the cinema. Now maybe that's going to help 18 certificate movies or R-rated movies because immediately you've got a larger audience because people that just traditionally have given up going to the cinema or just don't want to go to the cinema have the chance to mm-hmm. watch that film on its opening weekend. And maybe in time when the tracking data allows people to, to use the pay-per-view and, and download figures as part of their weekend's takings, we might see things change slightly. I wonder if it's harder
1: to make an 18-rated film now as well. Mm. I think if Goodfellas was released now, that would probably be a 15 yeah. And that was an yeah. 18 back of the day. Quite yeah. a few of the films we talk about here uh, as 18s I think might be 15s these days. I feel like it's come down a little bit yeah. in terms There's
0: of certainly a, a lot more what was, what for Wall Street. That was an 18. Yeah, was that an 18? Yeah. Pretty sure that, that was an yeah. 18. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be films that are violent so much that get 18s. Because S- it's films that portray drug use Oh, sexual violence. Sexual, sexual violence. violence. Yeah. Yeah. Just fair enough. Yeah. A bit like this podcast. <laughs> um, put it, put so waste you. <sighs> how can you tell it's not? So let us know what you think about reboots and let us know what film or game or TV show you would like a reboot of as well. The usual address, IGN underscore UK, feedback at IGN.com. Update. Do we not want to reference the fact that Chris isn't here anymore? No, nobody no. will know know. Okay. Well, we told him to F <laughs> you. Yeah. So Anyway, yeah. So, That's what uh, he's, done. so he's F-O'd. Uh, first bit of feedback is from Stephen Martin. He says, after listening to the Star Wars A Lost Hope episode, that was last week's podcast, pos- podcast it, number 2029. Yes. I'd love the next Excellent movies. Title. He says, I'd love the next movies to address the fact that there are humans living in a different galaxy a long time ago. As a kid growing up in the 80s, that always bothered me. I now know that I was completely missing the point of the movies, but wouldn't it be cool if in the movies there's a hint that origin of the human race is a mystery? Ooh, Maybe Han Solo's daughter could be an archaeologist hunting for the origin of our species. That way they could make a nod towards Indiana Jones and add fuel for a tonne of fan speculation. Either that or it would er erode... I I hate this word. Erode? No? That one.
3: Irrevocably. irrevocably, Vokably.
0: Or it would irrevocably ruin the franchise once and for all. Well, I think it would irrevocably ruin the franchise once and for all.
3: I think any kind of crossover with Indiana Jones is the worst idea I've ever heard. No disrespect. But he ruined, not not Lucas, but it will end up being some kind of like Crystal Skull Star Wars crossover. Oh, you don't want Which that. no one wants. You it's want
2: an interesting that. concept. Like, uh, yeah. they, a long time ago, because they do that to just establish a vague kind of fantasy... Air about the Star Wars films, but
3: I wonder why it is. a long too, time ago
2: too, than... I think it's to make it sound a little bit more kind of mystical. Because mm. the whole thing is, is wizards and knights. Essentially, it's not hard sci-fi. It's fantasy sci-fi. So I think when they want to play up the fact that it's kind of a bit ancient in the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just wouldn't work on the big screen. I think it's a nice idea, but I think it actually happened, I think there'd be more groans than. Yeah. Oh, that's smart.
3: Maybe you could loop <laughs> Jurassic Park in there as well.
0: Dinosaurs. <laughs> na, 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 na.
3: <laughs> Why not?
2: Who's got next piece of feedback? I do. The good good next bad bit bad. is from Dale Lees. In the last episode, a listener asked for your thoughts about True Detective. Someone mm. mentioned how wonderfully shot it was... How wonderfully shot, shot it <laughs> okay, was, right. which got me thinking about the TV show Hannibal. The show has become one of my favourites, which, along with Game of Thrones, I look forward to it each week. You haven't really touched upon Hannibal, and I would love to hear your opinions on the show. Despite the somewhat over-the-top gore, I find the cinematography superb and Mads Mickelson performance fantastic.
3: Why are you Sh- speaking like that?
2: I'm enunciating, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> in surprising. a way
3: that Mads Mickelson does not. Right, um, yes. Sue and I
2: actually spoke about this when we were having lunch the other day. We went out for a sandwich. We talked about Hannibal. Nice. I really like it. I'm only one episode in season two so I've only re- really seen season one mm-hmm. and I think it's great I really enjoyed it you're early on so I think you probably had a similar reaction to I had early on where it's kind of hard to get into
0: yeah and Mads I'm,
2: Mikkelsen is very hard to understand initially
0: i three episodes in I think possibly four but I think it's three episodes in and I'm just shrugging at the moment it, it's not doing anything so for me.
2: I wonder if they, they caught that in like the rushes like a few months into filming going God, we can't understand the bloody can't word. and they took him to a side and then he you get—I don't know whether you're like—you get your ear in, right. and you get used to him speaking in that right. way. It's very, <laughs> uh, he's very—he's very <laughs> well,
3: like Muttley or something.
2: Sure, like <laughs> push, push, push. what's the guy called? <laughs> Will 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 Graham, <laughs> like that. What? <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen it,
3: but that sounds
0: the, like ridiculous.
2: It's just like that all the time. All the time. It's just eating stuff. No, it does have amazing production values though. It
0: does. It does. And it's not just later on the crime
2: I... scenes become incredibly grotesque and It's elaborate. not just
0: Mad Mads Mickelson I have got a problem with. It. Who who plays Will Graham?
2: Um Dancy. What's he called? Bill? Hugh Dancy. Bill? Is Hugh Dancy? Is it? Yeah, I just got I don't bit... like him all no, that much. He's, he's... Obviously it gets better when the inevitable starts happening yeah, and sure. you know where it's going. It doesn't it's not a cock tease in the way Dexter was like, uh, oh, they'll find him out. Right. They have to progress that pretty rapidly because yeah, everyone yeah. knows who Hannibal Lecter is. You
0: can't. Yeah. I, so I find the, the Will Graham character annoying because he's he's obviously quite high on the on the autistic spectrum. He is. And yet he has no problem cracking jokes and interfacing with, with, with people, it seems. No, wait, no, no, because it's not... It's almost the
2: opposite of autism. He's over-empathetic. Mm. And that's why it makes him a very skilled crime scene investigator because he can identify in a way that normal people can't with psychopaths. He can empathise with them to a kind of um, almost psychotic degree.
0: Right. But he just doesn't kill
2: people. No, he doesn't, but there's obviously that suspicion that is he possibly
0: a killer? I haven't seen it, so... It's really good. I think it's very good.
2: Yeah, it's on
0: Skybox... Sky, Sky, get all your stuff... Sky, so, Sky, so yeah, get, so you get all your stuff. Jesus, I tell you, we, we, we should say we recorded the first part of this podcast <laughs> this, morning. this morning, and it was all going fine, and then we had to wow. take a break, and now it's quarter five in the afternoon, and I can't spend. I don't know. I can't. I, I, I don't even know what English was. Is you've uh, got a beard um, now? Yeah, it was clean <laughs> shaven this morning. Uh,
3: I've got an email from James, Koyoy Oi Oi I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but something like that. Who says, <laughs> Just like uh, when I got Killer Instinct for the SNES, uh, I got a version that came with a bundled soundtrack. Oh, this is about Easter eggs. Yeah, this is about Easter okay. eggs. Remember, yes. we were talking about Easter yes, eggs last week. I did. Oh, I could eat an Easter egg right now. Uh, <laughs> as being super excited for the game, he immediately popped it into his CD player. Oh, he popped the CD into his little boombox. Uh, to my surprise, my not so state of the art RCA player showed 40 tracks.
0: So, RCA, was that a make? It was in. Canada. Ontario, Ontario Canada. Canada. Right,
3: okay. Uh, so we immediately skipped all the tracks to get to 40 and found a hidden track that was later, uh, he later found out called was called Humiliation. I can't speak either. This is going so well. Uh, that that meeting
2: must have gone well with Tony.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that soundtrack was at once one of my favourites of all time. And although Humiliation is not a great track, I always get a kick and a smile when I pop the CD. In.
0: I had a CD which had 99 tracks. There were 12 songs on it, but it wasn't one. (laughs) But it was. It was. uh, I think it was a band. Do you remember a band called Cracker? I think they were called, and they had a hit called "Low." It was like in the early 90s. It was a good song, but they released an album. But they released an album. But they just put loads of. They they put loads of like one second blank. Uh, tracks oh, on the disc, right. so you'd sit there and the first track would play track one, and then your CD player would go two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and, twice. and then the next one, and then. 14, 15. That sounds
3: painfully idiotic.
0: It is. It was just people having fun. We, we, uh, we in, the the stu- in the world, in the world of Stuart, there's a
3: fine line between
2: loving light-hearted fun yeah. and being a hipster wanker. Yeah, and it's, it, 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 it's on a knife edge. His women fancy defence. Yeah, exactly. If, if, uh, you, if
3: you don't know what you're going to get. No, from you don't.
2: He is unpredictable, isn't he yeah. And sometimes I think it's just a mixture of caprice me. and just being a bit of a dick. Caprice. <laughs> didn't she used to be the Wonderbra model? I don't know. She went out with Tony Adams. She did.
0: she that's did. That's right. Yeah. yeah. For why above his weight? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm not so not sexual. Sure <laughs> yeah. Or, anything, or he punched her. He just tended to punch oh, everybody though, didn't oh, he? Anyway. All right, more Easter eggs. This is from uh, Taylor from Orlando in Florida. Cool. A worldwide audience we're getting. Not after this show. Of both Canada and the America. Yeah, that's right. My Easter eggs of note. Vigilante 8 was a game with many Easter eggs intentionally built in. Shooting down a windmill would cause the blaze to land on a nearby enemy and that kind of thing, but my favourite easter egg was one that was most likely unintentional. In several levels, but especially in the dam level with the flying saucer, you could approach the invisible wall that surrounded the entire level, and if you doggedly pressed against it for several minutes, you would slowly inch your way through an invisible morass from which you would eventually escape into a vast desert with a level seen from the outside as the circular arena that it really was. Mm-hmm. My friends and I would load up on ammo, exit the arena, and battle each other in this barren zone. Yeah, it was a great game. Was it, yeah? Uh, That's actually one
3: that I'd quite like a reboot to. It's basically uh, like Destruction Derby or mm. kind of Carmageddon or something,
0: but just good. Destruction, I used to lo- like Destruction Derby. A great game. Yeah, really good fun. Short lived, but yeah. fun Yeah, maybe now with, with all the online nonsense, you could have a lot of fun with it.
3: But then again, so Burnout does that kind of thing. Oh, Burnout, wouldn't it be great to have a new Burnout? Yep.
0: You something you, you wrote down earlier on about reboots and you didn't mention it was stunt car racer
3: yes that would be terrific but that's because I thought I was doing way too many Atari games. I guess Dragon people
2: games. You, people almost find that kind of game within something like GTA yeah, where yeah, yeah, they yeah. do just stunts and that's what you the
3: l- thing about that game is that it was the first time because it was all on like you know oval circuits or very yeah. simple things. You had these crazy. Uh, did you ever play it? No. Nope. So uh, it was almost
0: like being on a roller coaster. It was exactly
3: like being on a roller coaster. They're like trials. But the track was only just yeah. as wide as your car. Okay. So you had to be like you go over the jump and land it, but then you have to be heavy on the brakes
0: to make the. Yeah. Car right. And uh, okay. So. And then you'd veer off and you'd have to be winched back up onto the track.
2: It's so yeah. almost a little bit yeah. like a Twitch platform where you would go yeah, and get yeah, just yeah. right.
0: But also, it was
3: one of the first games that I ever played that had uh, link up. With two Amigas So I used to play it uh, With my mate And so you could Nudge the other car off And stuff like that Nice Cool Early days of Land
0: gaming um, <laughs> Taylor goes on to say With music He used to take apart The jewel cases And occasionally You'd find extra images And things like that Quite a bit more substantial was the booklet hidden inside Radiohead's OK Computer jewel case. Many pages long, filled with odds and ends that must have fallen out of Tom York's head while he was writing the album. Sketches and cryptic writings.
3: Yeah, you often did see a lot of that
0: if you took out the the, the, the thing the CD was on. Yeah, there was stuff behind there. Yeah, um, Weezer did one I think for I think it was really? Pinkerton. You, you took the, the the case apart and there was like this Hush huge pipe. map that you could unfold and look at. It was really cool. What was the map of? Can't remember. Years ago. There you go. There'll be a brief moment while everybody looks around to see who's got part number
2: five. <laughs> oh, you, you, you put that right at the bottom of my pile, my perfectly ordered pile. Okay, this is, wow, again from Miami, uh, wow. from Darth Akbar. Probably not his real real name. Americans have weird names, don't they? Um, Right, he's found two Easter eggs. If you remember, the GameCube's codename was Dolphin. But in Majora's Mask, as soon as you begin the game, heading towards the observatory, you'll end up at the foot of a staircase where you'll find several pots. On the ground, when you break one of the pots, you'll see the picture of a dolphin. Mm. Mm. Uh, Number two is in the new Amazing Spider-Man movie. At the one... um, hour 25 minute mark there is a newspaper with an article that says reward for proof and if you read the article it says twitter we're not swearing anymore are we no, f would fancy. fancy fantasy was something to that effect i misplaced my blu-ray copy and only have my dvd oh, so it must be the first amazing spider-man movie not the new one yeah. which is why i can't give the direct quote it's visible but barely
0: weird so
2: what's that i don't understand why that that's an, an easter egg reward for proof twitter f fantasy Is that something to do with when the film was coming out? I don't really know what that's with regards to Darth.
0: Yeah, let us know. Yeah, Darth. Go go and buy the Blu-ray again.
3: (laughs) Just for this. Uh, Anthony Wilson uh, reaches out from beyond the grave. Um, Hey. I don't think it's the Anthony Wilson. I think it's AZ. But his real name is Anthony Wilson. He says, the first water egg I found, I think you mean Easter egg, uh, wow. Was in, There's autocorrect for you, folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was in GTA 3 where I found a wall that you couldn't get over. Eventually, I found that if you lined up a van onto the wall, you could hop on a bin, then up onto the van, and then over the wall. Once over the wall, there was a message on the, wall, on the wall that said you weren't supposed to be able to get here, you know. And they uh, supplied a screenshot, Oh yeah. which is there. And it does indeed say you're not supposed to get here. Uh, not that great, I know, but... It doesn't end there. Okay. So someone at Rockstar, obviously, remembered this because years later, uh, the PSP version, Liberty City Stories, he went to the same spot, did the same thing, so hops on a bin, on a van, over the wall, and there was another sign there that said, hello again. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's that's cool. a nice little Easter egg, isn't it? I wonder if you can hop back over once you've got over there, though. That's like a long-running Easter egg. But that is probably my favourite water egg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, next one is from Byron.
3: Nice burgers. Again,
2: on the subject of Easter eggs, this is one that's really cool, actually. The only one I've ever noticed, and simply because it was in connection to the greatest comedy of all time, in my opinion, Kingpin. Um, During one early episode of True Detective, Woody Harrelson's character returns home to find his partner, Matthew McConaughey, has cut his lawn. To quote Woody, you don't go mowing another man's lawn. He says the exact same line in Kingpin just before punching Randy Quay's character in the face. I think that's a really good one, because... True Detective and Kingpin are very, very different. Just knocked my microphone over. Good catch, though.
0: Balanced on a knife edge, this thing. One wrong move and it could all go. Dan, you've got the second to last piece of feedback there as well.
2: Um, This is from Jamie Morales Navares probably said that wrong. Sorry, Jamie. He recently purchased seasons one to three of Game of Thrones to watch before I started watching the fourth season on Sky. This got me thinking whether we would ever see an extended version slash director's cut of the TV show similar to the Lord of the Rings. I think the format of Game of Thrones would be perfect for this. What are your opinions?
0: I couldn't really see it happening and the reason for that is I think the budgets on TV shows are so much tighter you shoot than shoot what, what you are. need. You, yeah. yeah, you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. don't overshoot anything and yeah. you, you kind of know... The timing's a lot better than you do with a feature film as well. You yeah. kind of you feature films, I guess, they're they're made in the edit suite. But mm. I think I think T V shows are probably It's probably a bit more tightly scheduled, yeah. isn't it? And managed. Especially yeah. with Game of Thrones where you've got multiple productions
2: running simultaneously across the globe. Yeah. Like that's that needs to be a bit more military, I guess. Yeah. Really cool thing of the other day, I was actually thinking about it as a feature for IGN and then I noticed someone else already did it. Was um so many characters have been recast in Game of Thrones. Not just, like, the obvious ones, like, Dariona Harris... Right. ...who's Khaleesi's, like, love interest. Yeah. So many of them, because early on, you've got all these characters who appear and they're not really going to be important or yeah. major players for like four years so you don't cast a big actor because you right. can't say can you be free in four years yeah, yeah. so so yeah, many sure. of them have appeared and you won't recognise it but um, this feature showed screenshots of really famous characters right. early Joel, on I didn't even notice that and like someone like The the Mountain Gregor Kilgain's yeah. b- yeah. um, brother um, the, the Hound's brother the huge guy huge guy. he's been recast like four times now on
3: <laughs> the show yeah Really?
2: Yeah, we've not seen his latest incarnation okay. yet.
3: Right. I have not noticed that yeah. at all. Right.
0: I see that in EastEnders all the time, but not in Game of Thrones.
2: <laughs> yeah. So there you go.
0: This is why I have so much trouble following Game of Thrones, isn't it? Because <laughs> <all that> <laughs> so who's that? It's who's hard that? enough in the first place, sure. let alone like changing everyone. Where are they now? <laughs> oh. uh, the last bit of feedback I'm going to throw open to the audience, actually. This is from Benjamin Adams, who loves us lots. It's Aww. from Essex, but not Thank the you. orange bit. He says, he remembers a while back, you were talking about films that got a rough ride when they first came out, but actually aren't that bad, and we apparently mentioned Waterworld, which is something of a guilty pleasure of Benjy's. Do you? Yeah. I like where that big fish comes out of the water. I don't think I've ever seen it. He was watching it last night, well, it's probably a few nights ago now, because he he wrote this a few days back, and it occurred to him what a flipping fantastic game world it would make. Imagine the Ubisoft formula applied... As a framework with a little fallout thrown in, you start the game a shipwrecked mutant fish fellow with nothing but a little rowboat, a vast ocean to explore, and a whole host of activities to partake in. With various smoker outposts scattered about round to be liberated, small and large floating cities to explore and trade your materials in. Plus, as a mutant, you have to keep a low profile and can't draw too much attention as you'll have the whole place after you. You can explore underwater cities to find raw materials and things to trade, all to upgrade your boats to an epic vessel until you're king of the seas. There can even be a multiplayer asset where you can have sea battles or team up to raid the hugest smoker fortresses. So he wants to know what film, book, or comic world would you like to see made into that kind of sandbox game? I think that's a terrific question, and one which I think we should definitely throw open to the listeners. Also,
3: I do think Warsworld would be great if you used the Assassin's Creed kind of mm. engine, but made more of the ocean and less of obviously of the cities.
2: Yeah you know well you know like they're making the mad max game yeah Yeah. i really like a really good terminator game set in the future where you're playing john connor and you've got to like go out onto missions into no man's land avoid the robots the terminators and skynet infiltrate bases basically sometimes you just go out to retrieve uh, resources to keep your base alive so humanity alive Mm, if you don't if you fail that mission you don't get the food kind of a bit like papers please the people in the base die out you have less people to draw on to go out on bigger missions where you might need to switch between characters break into skynet
0: yeah this is game i need to
2: write treatment on this
0: yeah quick do Um, it pattern pending yeah that'd be awesome one let's throw that open then film, book or comic world what one of those would you like to see made into a sandbox game terrific idea IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com uh, yeah let us know Can and we'll obviously read out the best ones and we'll probably point and laugh at the rubbish suggestions yeah but just not read them out Yeah, not me oh, we're, we're not nasty mm-hmm. yeah. but thanks for all your uh, feedback it really is appreciated and we do read every single bit of feedback we get even if we don't mention you on the show yep Okay, time to uh, look at what movies and games are out this week. Chaps, would you like to take care of games?
2: Peggle 2. Peggle 2. Which has been out on Xbox One for a while, but it's coming to Xbox Xbox (laughs) 3.
3: Peggle 2 is a great game.
0: It's out on 360. uh,
3: Yeah, it's coming out on Xbox 360. Okay, good. Now it has access to however many millions of people owning Xbox 360.
0: They should get that that bloke who does the voice for Peggy18 to do it. Peggle 2. Is that you? <laughs> did it sound like it? <laughs> well, that that you, bit obviously sounds like me. This is why like you
2: keep having doctor's appointments. <laughs>
3: yeah, <I'm laughs> you going do, to do voiceover.
2: Is that Stuart
0: again? Yeah.
3: <laughs> was it? What was the advert you did a VO for? Was it uh, like hose pipe hosepipe? Yeah, or it
0: was. Um, uh, what was it called? Uh, I can never find it when I want it. Power washer. What was it called? What was it called? Hose lock pressure
2: washer from a few years there back. You know. I'll embed that in <laughs> the story.
3: Anything else out? Uh, yes. Uh, also, uh, is, let me see your list. Thank you. Brilliant. Uh, Titan Attacks is coming out on what's that coming
2: all out? PlayStation platforms. So PS3, Vita, PS4. It's kind of a little. It's not
3: li- Titan No, no. no. It's not like a confused. little
2: kind of uh, arcade type game. A little bit of Space Invaders. Don't know much more about it. I haven't played it, but I know it's coming out this week.
3: Yeah. Okay. I got a war. Uh, finally coming to Vita time. obviously been on home consoles been on PSP already mm-hmm. but now coming on Vita so if you haven't played God of War which is I find crazy if you're a PlayStation fan and you haven't played any of those games you should definitely check it out
0: do you know Is it a new kind of God of War or is it the oh, it's no, 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 a collection it's, it's, it's like a collection. HD remastered oh, cool. bundle of the yeah, older yeah, ones, ones for Vita
3: fantastic game. yeah but I find it incredible that if, if you're a a Vita owner, you should have probably play God
0: of War by now, but maybe not. Well, fond memories yeah. of you playing God of War 3 in the office, uh, Ascension. Oh, God of War Ascension yes. was it? And yeah.
2: It's God of War 1 and 2, obviously. It's just the PS2 ver God of War games. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um Bound by Flame, which is the kind of cross platform release for this week. It's a fantasy RPG, it's on current gen, next gen. Um, I know Luke's played it, I think it's. I think it's nice enough. It's The big thing is everything you do in the game has a consequence of so yeah. the narrative shapes. Fun enough combat, but I don't think it's anything to shout about yeah, just and, yet. I've not seen any more it on it, though. So. Yeah,
0: but, okay. But not a...
2: And we don't have I'm a review up yet, either.
0: Movies that are, com- are coming out this week. Uh, Sabotage, which is uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger no but it's with a big gun. Oh, it didn't do well stuff. in America, did it? No. Oh.
3: I actually quite fancy seeing it. Do you? I would never have said. Why? I don't know. Probably because I've seen... It feels like that film has been around for three years, even though it hasn't come out. Yet. <laughs> it's only just coming out, but I don't know. He's got a nice haircut in it.
0: Wow, there you go. That's a very very how you pick like, your films exactly these days? An Compelling <laughs> reason to choose a movie to go and see. <laughs> yes. uh, also out is uh, Frank, which is kind of loosely but not really based on Frank Sidebottom, but it is based on Frank Sidebottom. But, but, it but it's not. It's a Johnny Ronson
2: fevered yeah. dream. Weird movie
0: yeah now John Ronson of course wrote a lot of uh, of articles about the original Frank Sidebottom but in the film treatment uh, Frank's been uh, transformed from Timperley over to I think is Austin Texas where most of the film takes uh, place it's played by
2: Michael Fassbender yes beneath the papier-mâché
0: a huge head. papier-mâché head and apparently it's a remarkable performance by is
2: that papier-mâché head being constructed to block out Professor X
0: maybe I see what you did so, there. there you go. Bit of a cross reference, brilliant. That, I think good.
2: that's too niche Frank Sidebottom. bottom, and yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: next goal wins is a documentary about the worst football team in the world, Manchester we- United. I don't understand football.
2: The problem with Arsenal is they're always trying to walk it in.
0: Good, good, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh no, I can't remember. it's American Samoa who lost against another team 31-0 or something back in 2000 and it's all about how they're desperately trying to not be the worst uh team in the world. Or is it just them trying to score goals? Uh, I think surely, surely the, best, be the way best, best way for them not to be the worst team. team in the world is just quit. Yeah. But apparently it's a ver- it's, it is the best documentary about football you will ever see and really? it's f- yeah and one of their players they have the only transsexual football player in the world. Really? Yeah.
2: What's, what? what other good football documentaries? The new, the one on New York Cosmos is pretty good.
0: Oh, I tell you, a brilliant one. But you cannot, <laughs> if you can, if you if you're lucky enough to get a copy, well done. And that's the original. It's Goal, the 1966 World Cup, which is a, a British Italian co-production, and it's absolutely, it's a terrific documentary. It's really good. There you
2: go. Also, um, One Night in Turin is pretty good
0: I about um, like England's, yeah, a bit like that. Yeah. Scazza. Just weeping on it. Is that like My Night with Gary? Was it My Night with Gary? It was what? a play, wasn't What's it? What's Your night? A night with Gary? <laughs> Gary And Barlow. also is Hi- Miyazaki. Hayeo Miyazaki. Uh, his last film. The his Wind his Rises. That's a funny title, isn't it? Movie, the Wind Rises, which, which apparently is not like most of his other films. There's there's no like interesting, Looks fun, like. pretty creatures or anything like that. It's oh, so a it's bloke who, makes, who, who invents a jet fighter.
2: So it's all the misery of all these other films and the angst and just the philosophical...
0: Malaise. Yeah, so it's it's kind of, apparently it's a bit of a downbeat film for for him to end his career on, but good kiddie film there.
3: Huh?
0: <laughs> it's animation. Take your kids.
2: They're I love it. It's bit. two hours of him building a fighter jet.
3: <laughs> so if you're going to see one film
0: this week, I'd go and see Frank. But then I'm like that. I'd go and see Sabotage <laughs> for Arnie's hair.
2: What would you go and see? I'd go and see the football thing.
0: <laughs> <There you laughs> football. Can I have one ticket to, to the football thing, please? Right. I hear there's a lady boy in it. <laughs>
3: And if, uh, um, if you're gonna pick a game, CA, they're just confusing. If you haven't played God of War, I'd go for the God
0: of War collection. If not, finding that, Peggle. 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 Peggle 2. Peggle 2. What a bombshell that is! Thank you for joining us on this week's IGN UK podcast. Are we going to be back here next week? Probably not. I think so. Uh, Let's do you know it. What?
3: I'm, I'm going to make us do it. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Can we
0: do it all in one stint next time? We'll be back for the legendary 231st podcast next week. Until then, have a wonderful time and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Adios.